Hi there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from our unique perspective. Now, today is one of those things that uh, I bring up periodically, you know, from time to time, and sometimes it's more often than not, but it's something I want to bring up once again. Uh, And it starts with a sort of a mission statement. (laughs) All in all, it's really best not to kill your fishes. Now, I know that's probably my most literal title ever, but it's something I really believe in. Killing your fishes just sucks, particularly when it's avoidable. And of course, now that I have your attention, let me explain a little bit more about this idea here. Now, our little sector of the hobby is exploding, and with the explosion of interest comes a flurry of new people, new ideas, and some of the same old questions. And worse, occasionally some of the same old bad habits. Yeah. So like many of you, I have to admit, I've made my share of errors in the hobby. When I started playing with botanicals specifically almost two decades ago, I made a fair number of mistakes. Sometimes they cost the lives of my fishes, and killing fishes does indeed suck. Now, some mistakes were caused simply by my lack of familiarity with using various materials. Others were caused by not fully understanding the impact of adding botanical materials to a closed aquatic ecosystem. And all of these things were mitigated by taking the time to learn from them and honestly assess the good, the bad, and the practical aspects of using them in our aquariums. And sometimes that meant developing best practices to help mitigate or eliminate lots of issues, like whenever possible. And even though the practices may not be the easiest, most convenient, or expedient way to proceed, it was a good idea. Excuse me. And after four years or so of running Tannin, I pretty much identified the two most common concerns you know, for customers associated with utilizing botanicals in their aquariums. Curiously, our two biggest concerns revolve around our own human impatience and mindset, not the botanical materials themselves. Interesting, right? Well, the first one that is of great concern to me and should be to you is preparation. Now, we're often asked why we don't feel that you can, without, you know, exception, just give your botanicals a quick rinse and toss them into your aquarium. After all, this is what happens in nature, right? Well, shit, yeah, I mean, but remember, in most cases, there is a significant dilution factor caused by larger volumes of water, currents, biologically rich substrates, etc. that you encounter in natural aquatic systems. They're open. Even in smaller bodies of water, you have very mature nutrient export systems and you know, some biological equilibriums that have been established over really long periods of time, and these handle the influx and the export of nutrient and other organic materials. However, even in nature, as you know, things go awry, and you'll occasionally see a body of water fouled by a large sudden influx of materials. That's usually things from the external environment, like, you know, you see a pond or uh, a closed lake um, inundated with leaves, grass clippings, whatever. Sometimes it's after a rain or other weather events, and the results usually polluted water, large algal blooms, and sometimes a very nasty smell. In the aquarium, of course, you have a closed system with a typically much smaller water volume, limited import of fresh water, limited filtration capacity, and in many cases, a less robust ecological microcosm to handle a large influx of nutrients quickly, right? So you know where I'm going with this stuff. Fresh botanical materials, even relatively clean ones, are often still dirty from collection, storage, whatever. They may have dust, airborne pollutants, soil, or silt, depending on where they were collected, and even cobwebs and bird droppings and dead insects, all kinds of stuff. Natural materials accumulate stuff. They're not sterile. They're not made in some clean room in Switzerland, right? So just giving botanicals a quick rinse before tossing them in your tank is simply not good procedure, in my opinion, even for stuff you collect from your own backyard. At the very least, a prolonged 
I don't know, 30 to 60 minutes steep in boiling hot water will serve to sterilize them to a certain extent. Follow it with a rinse to remove any lingering dirt or other materials trapped or released on the surfaces of your botanicals, and at least you've taken some measure of preparation. Now, I don't recommend this process because I want to be a pain in the ass. I recommend it because it's a responsible practice that, although seemingly overkill in many people's minds, increases the odds for a better outcome. Think about it this way. Next time you fly, the guys up in the cockpit on your flight from L.A. to New York, they know every system of that Boeing 737 that they fly, right? But guess what? They still complete the pre-flight checklist each and every time they hop in the plane because it can save lives. Why should we be any different about taking the time to prepare botanicals? I know it sounds harsh, and I know it sounds a little crazy comparing it to something like uh, an airplane cockpit, but if you skip this step and kill your fishes, it's really on you, period, because you know that this is something you need to do. Why would you skip this other than simply being impatient? Could you get away with not doing this? Sure, absolutely. Many people likely do. But for how long? When will it catch up with you? Maybe never. I know I'll get at least one email or comment on a a forum from somebody that'll say, I absolutely don't do any of this and I have a beautiful tank and, you know, this isn't necessary. I know where I get my stuff, blah, blah, blah. Okay, good for you. I am still going to recommend that you embrace the preparation process. It just makes sense to me. Excuse me. Boiling or steeping also serves as sort of a secondary, yet equally important purpose. It helps soften and even break down the external tissues of the botanical materials, which allows them not only to leach out any remaining subsurface pollutants or sugars or undesirable organics to the greatest extent possible, it allows them to absorb water, which makes them sink more easily when you place them in your aquarium. Nobody likes a tank full of floating leaves and botanicals, so this is a great idea, right? Yes, it's an extra step. Yes, it takes time. However, like all good things in nature and in aquariums, taking the time to go the extra mile is never a bad thing. And really, I'm trying to see what possible benefit you'll derive by skipping the preparation process. Well, let me help you here. None. There's simply no advantage to rushing stuff. Like all things we do in our aquariums, the preparation of materials that we add to them is a process, and nature sets the pace. The fact that we may recommend 30 minutes or more of boiling is not a concern to nature. It may take an hour or more to fully saturate your stucurlia pods or whatever. So be it. Relax. Savor the process. Enjoy every aspect of the experience. And don't you just love that earthy scent when you're boiling and preparing botanicals? Yeah, it's cool. Now look, I'm going to quickly address, and probably for the umpteenth time as they say, the most commonly asked question, which pertains to leaves in particular... That people say to me that it seems like a, a sort of a process that may sort of damage the, the, the benefits of the leaves. They'll say, you know, all this boiling and soaking, doesn't it release all those tannins that you're trying to have in your aquarium? To put it very simply, the answer is no. <laughs> yeah, I know it's direct, but it's true. At the risk of really oversimplifying things, let me just remind you that leaves and plant materials have structures which break down over time. And during that time, they release whatever materials, which are residual sugars, organics, lignans, and, of course, tannins, that remain bound up in them. The boiling may indeed break down some of the outer layers, and it allows some of these materials to release and the water to saturate tissues. But unless you're boiling these materials for hours and hours and hours, there will likely be plenty of those tin-producing tannins still yet to be released. I have probably some of the darkest aquariums that you've seen, uh, and I boiled the hell out of my stuff. So... Uh, you know, if you if you don't believe that it's possible, look at my aquariums. I've posted pictures over the years. There's tons of them all over this uh, all over this website, and many of you do the same thing. 
I just think it's sort of a, a myth that you, you're going to lose all those tannins by boiling leaves. At the very least, a good rinse and perhaps an overnight soak in water will serve to at least soften the leaves, leach out some surface pollutants, and provide some confidence that you're being proactive. But again, the, the rinse thing, I don't know if that's really enough. I personally feel better about least soaking. In summary, I recommend some form of preparation for every botanical item that you add to your aquariums. Trust me, it's another instance where the perceived trade-off isn't even close. You'll have plenty of those nice tint-producing tannins to work with, and you'll have the security of knowing that you've taken some steps to keep pollution to a minimum during the process. And of course, there's still one more question that arises out of the prep process, and it's this. Can I use the tea that results when you boil, you know, botanicals? My answer is you could, but I won't ever. <laughs> Why? Let me explain. Now, again, many hobbyists want to make use of the water in which the botanicals are prepared, you know, as a form of a black water tea or a black water extract, you know, adding humic substances and tannins um, to the water with an easy additive. Now, while on the surface, there's nothing inherently wrong with this idea. I mean, it sounds cool. I think, though, that in our case, we need to consider, again, exactly why we boil and soak our botanicals before we use them in the aquarium to begin with. So what do I do? I discard the tea or water or whatever you want to call it. And I recommend that you do, too. I water my garden with it. Here's why. As I've mentioned many times before and just mentioned it before, the purpose of that initial boil and soak is to release some of the pollutants that are bound up in the outer tissues of the botanicals. And it's also to soften them so that they sink. We know that. But as a result, a lot of organic materials, in addition to the tannins and humic substances, are released. Those aforementioned pollutants, right? So why the hell would you want a concentrated tea consisting of dirt, surface pollutants, dead insects, whatever, and other organics in your aquarium as part of your do-it-yourself blackwater extract? And then the other question is, how much do you need? Like, what's the concentration of desirable materials in the tea relative to the water? How do you know how much to add to your aquarium? I mean, it's not an easy, quick, clean thing to figure, right? I'm sure there's a great way to prepare this and boil it down and sterilize it and filter it somehow. And But then what are you taking out? What are you leaving in? I, I'm skeptical. There's so much we don't know. I'm not saying that it can't ever happen, that you can't utilize this stuff, that no one's going to develop a better process for this. I'm just saying that on the initial surface, the idea, the, the, the idea of just adding stuff to your water, uh, to your water, you know, from the boiler pot, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Now, a lot of hobbyists tell me they're really concerned about wasting all the concentrated tannins from the prep water, etc. Again, trust me, the leaves and botanicals will continue to release this stuff throughout their you know, useful lifetimes when they're submerged. So you really don't need to worry about discarding the initial water that they were prepared in. I know it seems a little bit weird, but it it makes sense. To me, it's just a no-brainer. Uh, if you want a bit, another analogy, for those of you that keep reef aquariums, it's like adding the skimmate, which is that nasty concentrated organics that your protein skimmer removes by foam fractionation. It's like taking that stuff and adding it back into your aquarium because you don't want to lose the tiny amount of valuable salt or trace elements that are removed via that process. Would you add this concentrated shit to your aquarium? I don't think so. Is it worth, you know, polluting your tank for? No. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> Early morning here. Are botanicals that dirty to begin with? Likely not. Is this being a bit conservative? You might say that. I think that it's just being responsible, though. Do a lot of querists add the tea and get away with it? Sure. In nature, don't leaves, wood, and seed pods just fall into the water? Of course they do. Again... 
and nature has the benefit of dissolution from thousands of gallons or liters of water, right? It's an open system for the most part with nutrient import and export processes far superior and more sophisticated and efficient than anything we can hope to do in the confines of our aquariums. I think I beat that up pretty good. I mean, could you experiment with this stuff? Sure, but at your own risk. As a business and as a hobbyist who wants to see the idea of botanical-style blackwater aquariums grow in this hobby, it's my responsibility to recommend the most conservative practices that will create good outcomes for the most number of people, or the widest widest variety of hobbyists and the largest number of people, I should say, because I want a lot of people to to have fun and great experiences with this. So I'm going to recommend this stuff. If you want to use the water from like the secondary soaking, I'd feel better about that. At least the bulk of the pollutants will probably have been released at that point. I'm still not a big fan of that. Better still is to prepare some leaves and add them to your water preparation containers. Let them soak in there and gradually, at their own pace, release the tannins and humic substances into the water. So when you do your water changes, you already have pre-tinted water, so to speak. How much do you use? Well, again, that's a million-dollar question. Who knows? Even that's a guess, and it's decidedly unscientific at best. It all gets back to, you know, kind of that absurd recommendation thing that you see on vendors over the years recommending X number of leaves per gallon and or liter. There's simply far, far too many variables, temperature, starting water chemistry, pH, alkalinity, dozens and dozens of others, which can affect the equation and make specific numbers unreliable at best and just stupid at worst. Now, nothing's perfect. Nothing I can tell you will give you an absolute guarantee of perfect results. You're dealing with natural materials, and the results you see are governed by natural processes that we can only impact to a certain extent by preparing these materials before we use them. But it's a logical, responsible process that you need to embrace for long-term success. And when it comes to adding botanicals to your aquarium, that's sort of the second tier of the process, the solution here, the answer here, is to add them to your aquarium slowly. Like, don't add everything all at once, particularly to an established, stable aquarium. Think of botanicals as bioload, which requires your bacterial, fungal, and you know, microcrustacean population to adjust to handle them. Bacteria, in particular, are your first line of defense. So if you add a large quantity of any organic materials to an established system, you're simply going to overwhelm the existing bacterial population, and that'll likely result in like a massive increase of potentially ammonia, nitrite, and other organic pollutants. At the very least, it may leave your oxygen levels depleted and the fish will be gasping at the surface as the bacteria population struggles to catch up to this large influx of material. It's not some sort of esoteric concept. I mean, we don't add 25 3-inch fishes at one time to an established, stable 10-gallon aquarium and not expect some sort of negative consequence, right? So why would adding a bunch of leaves, wood, botanicals, and other materials containing organics be any different? It wouldn't. So please, please add the botanicals to your established aquarium gradually and all the while observing your fish's reactions and even testing the water parameters regular during, regularly during the process. Take measured steps. There's no rush. There shouldn't be. It's interesting how the process of selecting, preparing, and adding botanical materials to our aquariums has evolved over time since we've been in business. I mean, initially it was about trying to discover what materials weren't toxic in some way and it would just kill the fish outright. Then it was about figuring out ways to prepare them and make sure that they don't pollute the aquarium. And lately, it's been about taking the time to add them in a responsible, measured manner. That's probably the most important thing. I think our biggest struggle in working with botanicals is a mental one. It's 
one that we've imposed upon ourselves over generations of aquarium keeping, the need to control our own desire to get stuff moving quickly, to hit that done thing really fast. And the reality, as we've talked about hundreds of times here and elsewhere, is that there really is no finished, and that a botanical-style aquarium is all about evolution. This type of system embraces continuous change and requires us to understand the sort of ephemeral nature of botanicals when they're immersed in water. I know I may be a bit blunt when it comes to these topics of preparation and practices and patience and all that stuff, but they're critical concepts for us to wrap our heads around and really embrace in order to be successful with this stuff. Now, all caveats and warnings aside, the art in evolving science, if you will, of utilizing you know, botanical materials for the purpose of enriching and influencing the environments of our aquariums is an exciting one. It's promising benefits and breakthroughs that we might not have even seen or thought of yet. It's okay to experiment. However, if you ask me, and a lot of you do, about what I recommend, I'll give you an honest, I'll be a long-ass answer. Botanicals do provide this unique natural aesthetic, which we've done some amazing things with in the hobby. With so many potential applications for botanical materials in the aquarium, the future is really bright and it's wide open for discoveries and even breakthroughs. We just need to apply the same common sense hobby basics which got us to this point, and maybe to pick up a few new skills along the way as well. There's always risks. But there's always rewards for people that push through and try things and try new things. Be responsible. Stay excited. Stay measured. Stay patient. Stay disciplined. Stay curious. And always stay wet. Till next time, this is Scott Bellman. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.